Yeah. Well, uh, the police the police sirens just went off in the background, and this is perfect for the soapbox I'm about to get on. Um. Well, first off, welcome to the Natural Disasters of Wrestling podcast. I am Matt. I'm Don. Uh, it's really hard to go straight into wrestling news when, or even just wrestling talk when there's a bunch of shit going on in not just the world, but especially, you know, our nation in particular. Um, and while we don't have the biggest following, we do have a platform. So Don and I feel it is uh, our responsibility to use that platform to talk about shit that's going on and show our support to not only, well, it's overall, it, it is a person of color problem, but it, specifically right now, it's the black community's problem. Um, and, you know, obviously, that's one of the communities that's always been hit the hardest when it comes to violence, when it comes to police brutality, and let's just call it what it is, just straight up murder um obviously if you have not just come out of a coma and have not been living on the ground with the morlocks um you saw what happened this past monday with george floyd um who was killed uh by a cop who was trying to um detain him by you know somehow placing his knee on his neck and just kind of sitting there for minutes and minutes and minutes until even after George so, Floyd had passed away. Yeah. What, what basically what happened was um, George Floyd was accused of signing a forged check. I, I'm hearing forged check. I'm hearing fake some, $20 yeah. bill. It, it's some, some sort, sort of, of money forgery. forgery. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some sort of form of forgery. Um, when, so according to police, when they arrived, he was, he was being, um, he was being uncooperative, which is kind of contradicting to what you know witnesses have, witnesses have said. Um, at which point, an officer basically held him on the ground with his knee on his neck for eight minutes, and after about five minutes of you know doing that you know, George Floyd was unresponsive. Um, he was later pronounced dead, dead as soon as he reached the hospital, um, you know, concluding that he had died from his injuries sustained from, from this incident. Uh, regardless of, you know, re- regardless of, you know, what you think, blue lives matter, blah, 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 any of that, this was just pure... Purely, purely, purely brutality. There's no question about that. This guy had his knee on his neck for a full seven minutes. He didn't even take his hands out of his pockets. Nope. And none of the, his, uh, none of the other three officers that were with him intervened. You know, never intervened. They never told him to lighten up. They never told him to get off him because he was clearly incapacitated and detained. Yep. You know, he was going to, he, he was, didn't put, he was a bigger dude, but he didn't pose any threat after you have him on the ground. Like, even if they had, like, uh, from my understanding, from my, from my understanding that what that cop was trying to do, it was sort of a maneuver that they do use, but obviously they're not supposed to put so your knee on somebody's fucking neck. Um, it's usually the back or the lower back yeah. uh, just to help detain him. So 
it's police brutality, it's police negligence, it's, again, having total disregard for uh, a black person's life. Um, he was he was literally screaming, I can't breathe. Like, he was, you could hear him, you could hear the, the life coming out of him as he was screaming, I can't breathe. He, he screamed, I can't breathe. He called for his mother, which is absolutely fucking heartbreaking. Um, and there were several witnesses there who kept telling the officers, like, you look, he's passed, like, he's dying. Like, what are you doing? He's dying. Yeah. And even if I'm correct, there were reports that the shopkeeper who did call the cops on George Floyd about the forgery, uh, he said that, you know, the cops kept saying that he was resisting arrest, but the cop person that called the cops said that he wasn't resisting arrest at all. Yeah. Um, so, again, just the total lack of remorse for uh, a black, uh, black man's life and just, you know, again, treating him as a super criminal and, like, you know, uh, if you follow Don and I on Twitter, um, and obviously we're not posting this stuff on the on the on the podcast Twitter because we, I mean, we probably should at least say one thing. But I think I would like to try to keep certain things um, separate. Yeah. It's it's different. It's obviously different for us to say things on our personal accounts rather than you know our our main quote unquote business account. We keep you know we try to keep this podcast you you know as separate from reality as much as possible but sometimes reality is something that you can't ignore and especially when you see how other actual like threats to human lives have been treated especially when they're white like dylan roof for and i hate saying his name um but he killed what 29 people including a pastor and a senator Yep. And he was walked out in handcuffs, calmly, with a bulletproof vest on, and they later bought him Burger King. Yep. You know, and there have been countless other white men who have done really heinous things, and, you know, their lives were never endangered by the cops. They were treated with all the fucking, like almost respect but also like you know with all the rules followed all the protocol that they have you know they supposedly set in place they followed it for those men but for 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 george floyd for you know trayvon martin for um what's uh what's the other guy's name i can't remember his There's name right now but too many trayvon martin uh you have Yeah, I mean, Eric Garner, uh, again, is another prime Eric example. Garner, uh, Philando Castile, uh, Mike Brown, just um, Michael Brown. There's, there's just too many of these. And even before this, like, and then after, like, it's almost, what, the same day or at least the day before, um, that white woman in, in Ramble Park tried yeah. calling the cops on a black man who was, you know, on her for having her dog leashed where they're supposed to have leashes on dogs. And if you've seen, if you haven't seen that video, like it's terrifying because she knows exactly what she's doing. She's calling the cops explicitly saying that an African-American man is, is threatening her. And then she starts screaming and crying. And an African-American man is threatening her life. And the cops need to get there quickly because she knows exactly what she's doing. So from the bottom of my heart uh, regarding that woman, fuck her and fuck her lineage and fuck anything that comes after her. Um, you know what? She lost her job. She lost her dog. 
Couldn't happen to a better person. Exactly. Um, and regarding this officer who killed George Floyd, I, I mean, uh, as of noon uh, West Coast time, he was finally placed under arrest. And from what I've seen right now on CNN, that he, they are charging him with third degree murder. Third degree and murder? Third degree. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure they might. For now, I think they're trying to um, just, I mean, obviously they place them under arrest after three days of, you know, fires and looting and rioting and shit. Um, but they want to at least do that to, I don't know, maybe have some, uh, to ease the civil unrest. Um, and then they're looking into also charging the other three officers because if, now, to kind of get back into wrestling, because a lot of wrestlers have voiced their displeasure, especially those uh, wrestlers who not, are not only people of color, but also black wrestlers. And not only just black wrestlers, but just wrestlers that actually have a fucking heart. Yep. I mean, we've heard words from... Uh, if you heard said, words I don't know if you Dominic Cross was also... Yeah. Uh, her, Dave Batista, you know, they have been posting up their thoughts and uh, just tributes to these people who have been killed recently uh, due to police negligence um, and brutality. Um, Kevin Ash posted up on his Twitter a picture of all of three of the officers having their knees on George Floyd's back as well. Um, so there is obviously still a lot of evidence uh, that you know there that I know the FBI is looking into, and uh, I forgot what other uh, precinct is actually investigating us because it's not the precinct that these cops are from. Uh, just so that way it's not too meddled. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of evidence that still hasn't been seen that's being reviewed. And hopefully all three of them, all four of the cops get whatever charges are coming to them. They've already been fired, um, even though they were first placed on administrative leave. But obviously they were quickly fired. And then uh, hopefully, you know, George Floyd's family gets some sort of justice. And I hope the black community in Minneapolis and, you know, the black community in all of America uh, feel more at ease by uh whatever justice they get and obviously and honestly whatever this cop gets charged with ultimately isn't going to be enough i'm not saying he should be you know put to death that's i mean that's not us for us to decide to decide that's not for us to judge but i feel that he needs to be held responsible and this should be a message for all cops um we're not gonna i don't want to get into how cops should do their job because that's really really muddy and i know there's a lot of I don't know. There's a lot of debate. There's a lot of gray area when it comes to that. And it's obvious. It's a topic that, you know, it's a topic that we're we're not suited for. Let's just be kind of. I'll say this. There shouldn't be any political bias when it comes to policing because police should be unanimously unanimously and ultimately unbiased. I agree. Um, because if they're here to protect a community, then who protects the community when they're murdering people of color, especially black people? Um, but we send our love to George George Floyd's family. family. We send our love to, um, all the families of previous um, you know, black people who were unfortunately victims of this disease that is racism. And we 
we uh, we stand in solidarity with all the protesters right now. And just know that we got your back. Um, I hope if we have any um, listeners in Minneapolis right now, I hope you are okay. I hope that, um, you know, if you're protesting, you're staying safe. And if you're not, that you're at least staying out of, um, out of harm's way right now because of this fucking crazy. And hopefully it calms down soon. And like I said, hopefully they get what's coming to them. Yep. Um, um, on to uh, a little bit more, not necessarily, um, it's not the lightest news, but I mean, if, since we're on soapboxes and since we are pissed, um, can you tell me how many companies have fired or furloughed anybody? Any wrestling companies that have fired or furloughed people? Um, just, who, who, you know, throughout this whole pandemic? Can you name all of them? Just, there's just one. And that is uh, WWE. That is WWE. Um, and I know where you're leaning into with this, because this is on my topic list. Yes, let's, uh, well, first off, uh, we will go into that. But uh, did you, have you, do you listen to AEW on Unrestricted? Uh, once in a blue moon, I will. But actually, before we get to that, first and foremost, congratulations to Bray Wyatt and JoJo on their new baby. Oh, yes. Congratulations. We have a tiny fiend in the yep. world. Yep. This is his first child with JoJo, correct? But second. This is like a second child? Oh, a second, second child. child. A second with child JoJo? With JoJo? Yep. They, oh, had okay. last, they had one last year around WrestleMania time. Oh, that's then. right. Yeah. That's right. They, people thought that he wasn't going to be at WrestleMania, but then he ended up showing up like at last minute. Yep. Oh, no, wait, no. I'm thinking of 34. No, yeah, you're thinking of 34. Yeah. But this is their second child together. That's awesome. I think is, he, has, I think he has like six kids total now. Fucking shit. Yeah. What's his name? It's, or what's the child's name? You know what? I had that pulled up and then I like totally not. Uh, Hyri Von Rotunda. Yep. And of course, all babies that come fresh out the oven always look like aliens. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't like the way babies look in general. I don't care what you guys say. All babies look the same to me. They announced the brother, the birth of Big Brother Nash last May. Nash with K N A S H. Yep. And then Wyatt has two children from a previous relationship. So he has four kids. Okay, so four kids. Four kids. Yeah. I wasn't too far off. That's still like a lot of like mouths to feed. Yeah. But Uh, yeah, he has four kids now. Two with JoJo, two with his previous wife. With his previous wife, um, that guy is just pumping them out. Eh, I was going to say pumping them into, but... <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no, but that's awesome. Congrats to him. Congrats to JoJo. I forgot that JoJo worked for the WWE. For like... She was Raw's announcer. She was Raw's announcer as recent as last year before she yeah. went on maternity leave. Yeah. But I mean, that's awesome. They obviously have a really great relationship and a great relationship enough that she went through the painful uh, experience at his childbirth twice. Yep. Uh, um, yeah, congratulations. They're a beautiful couple. Um, but yeah, so you said you, you listened to AEW on the uh, unrestricted time from time, yeah? Yep, yep. Uh, did you listen to the one with Tony, the most recent one with Tony Khan? Uh, uh, probably not. So uh, I think it was at the end of April. I have it right here, actually, because I was listening to it the other day at work. I kind of like, I, I get 
I, I kind of get backwards on, uh, I, yeah. I get backlogged podcasts and stuff like that. So it was on the May 5th, actually. Yeah, the May 5th yeah. of uh, Unrestricted. I think we talked about this vaguely on one of our last shows. Yeah, Tony Khan had, uh, they were talking about what it's like right now doing these shows during the pandemic. He uh, he did put over uh, the great work that everybody that was, you know, that was doing the tape shows um, for those two, three weeks in April. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they did record those uh, within a 26-hour period. And like you said, I really, I remember you saying this last time that the best friends wrestled uh, like basically like every other match. Yeah. Um, and then obviously they they put over Jer he put over Jericho for doing commentary for basically showing up and doing commentary with Tony Schiavone because again that is a uh, very much locker room leader, uh, uh, you know, behavior. Um, from my under- so yeah, from my understanding, they like best friends did about five hours of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Which is insane to think about. Like, that's a that that is a whole pay per view right there of wrestling that they did. That that is they did they did so much, and then they had uh, Aubrey Edwards who was there as well. Um, I forgot what the other referee's name is, but I know they had him do like a whole bunch of matches in a row. Uh, I think she she did like eight matches in a row. She said or something like that, like like a few hours of of refereeing. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, so he talks about that, and then he talks about, and he really stressed this how right now oh, they're not firing or furloughing every anyone. Sorry, yep. he talked about how they're not firing or furloughing anyone because right now obviously is not the time, uh, and obviously they're doing a little bit better. Things have eased up just a little bit because um, they're doing live shows right now, and they're getting more people. But if you notice, still they don't have necessarily their entire roster because of other. Uh, stay-at-home orders that are still in place, but also just out of, uh, you know, general cautiousness um, from certain wrestlers. And, you know, I can't blame them. Um, I personally am still going to be staying home or at least not participating in anything outside of the house for a few more months because I, you know, I have family to take care of. I have a girlfriend uh, whose family I also want to help try to take care of by keeping them healthy. Um, But, you know, he doesn't, fault anyone for thinking of their health and their family's health first um and i think that's super fucking important i think it's and you know he also stressed too that they have lost millions of dollars of revenue from you know their live shows that they are not getting back you know those millions of dollars will come at some point but just you know for this year they're taking it as a loss yep you know and that's all they really can do uh, because, like, you know, once it's in the past, like, you can't really make it back up, unfortunately. And, you know, they still have the network to appease. They still have, you know, their investors to appease. But, again, they see their roster as human beings. NJBW has not released anybody. ROH has not released anybody. Impact has not released anybody. And they're the ones who have been in money struggles for probably the longest, the longest of time. time. If anything, they're bringing in more people. At the beginning of the pandemic, who did they bring in? They brought in Kylie Ray. Then they, you know, most yeah, recently, yeah. they they've brought, brought in, in Deanna Peraza. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of wrestling places that are either just, you know, idle right now because they're waiting to see what they can do. But nobody's released anybody. WWE has released over 20, what, 20 people on talent 
Mm-hmm. And even more behind the scenes, if not just as many behind the scenes. Um, Which actually brings the, me to um, one of the reasons why we haven't seen somebody on TV for quite a while, Nigel McGuinness, he was one of the people furloughed. Yes, he was. He was furloughed back in April. And and they're not entirely sure why. I mean, obviously, it's kind of hard to do, tele, uh, you know, those uh, those commentaries from, you know, overseas or from home for matches mm-hmm. like that. But they've also just been doing tape matches for, yeah. NXT, for NXT UK. They've been doing, like, best ofs. Um, but, yeah, Dave Meltzer uh, on the Wrestling Observer Radio talked about New Japan, how they've been dealing with, you know, the – uh, you know, their finances. And this is a quote from Dave Meltzer. They're feeling the economic hurt. So what they did was all of the highest paid guys in Bushi Road, all the board of directors, they all agreed to take pay cuts ranging from 15% to 95%. And in doing so, they are cutting zero jobs. Yep. So like, and obviously I'm sure there have been people that are taking 95% cut, but I'm sure it's not like the people who are making like you know, 30000 a year. I'm sure it's the people that are making tens of millions of dollars a yeah, year. It's the top. It's the people at the very top. Exactly, because they because they understand that they'll be okay. Like, this isn't going to last forever. But they want to make sure that they are taking care of people who are in their, you know, in their company. And, you know, there's this argument about how WWE is a publicly traded company and how they have to be stockholders and shit like that. Uh, another quote from Dave Meltzer. Gucci Road is a publicly traded company that's losing money. They're not making money. They're not having their greatest year in history. They're probably having their worst year in history because all their companies are doing sh- shitty. They have to make cuts. They're losing money. They did not cut one job. And WWE is over here firing people, and they're not. In, they're not struggling financially. They're still on on, on target. Track. Yeah, they're on track to be have the fine, the best financial year that they've ever had in terms of profit, and that's even with the pandemic going on. Because, so it's you go on. Because the biggest thing that helps, the biggest thing with WWE is their TV rights deals. Mm-hmm. So they signed new deals with, with Fox. They have the Saudi Arabia deal. They have the Saudi Arabia deal. They also have, uh, they just signed a new deal with uh, Sony India for mm-hmm. their Raw and SmackDown. So they're, they're on track to do, you know, just fine. They're on track to do just fine, but they still they still, you know, decided to fire people and to lay people off. And this presents two problems because one, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Two, for, okay, for the longest time, for the longest fucking time, I'm not even talking about within the past like five years. I'm not talking about within the past eight years. I'm not talking about within the past fifteen years. Anyway, for the longest time, they've always wanted and had the most bloated roster a wrestling company could have. Why? Because they have the money for it. Yeah. Especially more recently, they did it because they didn't want competition. AEW. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Even before that, like e- even for New Japan, even for uh, ROH, who was starting to get a little bit bigger, especially for TNA. But once they turned into Impact, they stopped caring because Impact really is never going to get to their level. But they always wanted the biggest roster, especially right now, because they didn't want anybody to go to AEW, which is why they always gave raises. This is why they always gave incentives for people to come, which is why they always offered these long-term deals. But now, because it can, it's convenient for them and because they don't want to lose any fucking money, they let everybody go knowing damn well that they're doing it just to, 
keep on track for their largest profit margins in, in history. And two, because nobody has anywhere else to fucking go. You know, and how, how fucking sick and callous is that? That you're totally fine with keeping them on payroll and keeping them at home just so anybody else can't do it. But now when nobody really literally cannot work, you fire them and they can't earn a living past whatever severance pay they got, if they got any severance pay, which I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard they did. Yep. Um, you know, here's my issue with, here's my issue with uh, WWE um, in terms of, in terms of getting all these mass people and then now, you know, when they need their jobs the most, they kind of just let them go. You were here, you know, as a company, WWE is here saying, we need you, we need you, we need you. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we need you. For years and years and years for a lot of these, for a lot of these people, you know, so that way they could keep them, that way they can keep them all just in one spot. And what, what do they do? Like, as soon as those people, a lot of those people, for example, Mike and Maria Canellis, they signed a five-year deal just recently because you know wwe is like we need you we need you uh-huh and you know maria canales has her child and what happens no we don't need you anymore well that's not entirely true they were still going to keep her on even before this happened they were going to keep her on it was only because you know, they they obviously couldn't release her because she was on maternity leave because that is a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they they just used this to finally kind of get rid of her and Mike Canales because like you know, again, long term deals for people they weren't gonna use or they weren't gonna use right and like even Maria had had off had you know had asked for her release. Yep. You know, and Mike didn't. You know, Mike no, Mike was, Canales asked for his release. Maria didn't. Oh, it was the other way around? Yeah, it was the other way around. Oh, okay, well, okay, well. Regardless. You know, one of them was being unselfish, and one, you know, I'm sorry, not to say that, that sounds wrong, too. One wanted to go regardless. Yeah. But they wanted to keep them around because I think they do recognize a lot of the talent that some of these people have. But, and if you listen to Bruce Pitcher's podcast, like, you know, it's never their fault. It's the wrestler's fault for not being able to work with what they're given. And I think that's bullshit. I agree. Because Mike, Mike and Ellis is, is pretty fucking talented. Like, he if is. you watch any of his stuff in NGAW, in NGPW, if you watch any of his stuff with uh, fucking Adam Cole and stuff like that, when was it? They were the, and Matt, uh, Matt Taven, when they were the kingdom. Yeah, like fantastic. That shit, yeah, that shit was fantastic. But, you know, you bring Mike and Ellis in and you think, you know, you pair him up with his wife. Like, you, you think that would work. But just like you know, you you bring them in and you highlight them for maybe like one day, and then after that they're ju- they're just there. Even if you look at his stuff from Impacts, like he was pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Him and, and Maria Canales, especially when they feuded with um with Cody and Brandy when they had just gotten there, that was awesome. Yeah. Um. It's. It's really making me rethink how much I. Not only support, but watch the WWE. And, you know, I... 
when I started watching wrestling, I was mainly watching WCW. I didn't get into WWE until around the whole new blood shit started happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's always kind of been WWE since then. I love the WWE. Like, I, I love, you know, a lot of the shit that they've done. You know, that really was my childhood. Um, but just, you know, as I've gotten older and seeing what else is out there, you know, seeing how, I don't want to say inferior, but just the lack of, creativity and the lack of giving a shit about fans and then seeing how they really don't give a shit about you know their employees, their employees. or as they call contractors yes it's disheartening and it makes me just not want to participate in a system that sees these people as lesser so it's or sees these people as expendable. As somebody who has worked for a horrible employer, it is hard to get behind a company. It is hard to get behind, you know, to cheer for a company that doesn't cheer for its employees. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what it comes down to. For me personally. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I watched, you know, I'll watch the WWE product in preparation for this podcast, but, you know, that's really kind of it. Like, I have no loyalty, allegiance to them. And for me, that's kind of hard because, you know, WWE has been my thing since I was a, since I was a child. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been to, I've been to two WrestleManias. I've been to several live event shows for WWE. But it's it's really, really, really hard to get behind a company that doesn't get behind its own people. Mm. And that's really what it comes down to for me personally. Mm. And I guess that's, you know, part of, you know, part of growing up is your priorities change and your, what you feel is right like kind of takes over and if you feel like people are being wronged it's kind of hard to sit there and go sit there and go okay well you know this company is definitely right in the right when you know in in your heart that they're not Mm. so that's where it comes to at the bottom line for me You know what? I I'm not protesting the fact that you know they signed a multi-million dollar deal with a, almost well it was almost a billion dollars right the fucking billion dollar shit deal. yeah for Saudi billion dollar shit I'm not I'm not protesting that I'm protesting the fact that you know they can do this so easily and when it's convenient for them. I am right now literally canceling my network subscription. I don't know if I can watch Raw and SmackDown right now mm-hmm. because it's again it's disheartening. It's it's hard for so it's hard for me. A couple of reasons. It's hard for me to watch Raw and SmackDown for a majority of reasons. I mean, one because it's bad. Yeah, one is bad. It's, it's 
there's no sugarcoating it. It's a bad product right now. SmackDown hasn't been good for over two years. And then Raw, I mean, Paul Heyman, God bless his soul, is trying his hardest, but it's just not working. It's just not working for me personally. I mean, fuck, I like, I, I would much rather watch Impact on a Tuesday night than watch Monday Night Raw. Mm. I'd rather watch uh, NWA. Have you checked out Carnyland yet by any chance? I have not. I hear it's actually really good. I'll give it a watch. I have not watched it yet. Uh, I'm like, I'm literally writing it. I'm more literally writing it in the whole before you go, the whole reason why I'm canceling. Like, it's, it's bullshit. He's, Matt's joined my train because I canceled my subscription last month. <laughs> they're trying to secure their largest profit margin. Or was it their profit projections? I mean, yeah, the product itself isn't good right now, and it's just, I mean, I watched Raw this week. It wasn't anything to gloat over. It was just a show. It was just a show, and it's, I mean, three hours for Raw feels like five. The biggest thing for the, the biggest thing that they introduced this week and uh, it's even something that Tommaso Ciampa has kind of alluded to being just not the greatest thing was, uh, you know, you have, they, instead of having a crowd, they have, you know, instead of having wrestlers running inside, they had, well, they had wrestlers, but they had the NXT wrestlers along the, along the ringside with this huge plexiglass thing. I mean, the plexiglass thing looks stupid. Because it went like straight up to through the ramp area, and by the end of the show, it didn't even matter because half of the NXT wrestlers were out there trying to to hold Bobby Lashley back. Okay, here's what I wrote for. Okay, so they ask you why you're canceling. Obviously, mm-hmm. the options are my internet is not fast enough, only temporarily canceling. Issue with my credit debit card does not fit my budget. Not enough to watch. Could not get WWE to work. Network to work. Here's what I put for the other. When a company cannot go, so many people during a worldwide pandemic because they're securing their largest profit. Hold on, because they're securing their largest profit projections in history. Then they obviously don't need my 999. I might be back when this company decides to see their talent that they kept away from their from other com- uh, from other companies on purpose as humans. I might be back. Yeah, I might be back when this company decides to see their talent that they kept away from other companies on purpose as humans. That's that's good. Very good. Yeah. Just, and they really try to get you to stay on. Yeah, because they're like, well, "Are you sure you want to do this? You're gonna miss blah 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 blah." Did you have you ever seen? Um, did you ever watch Parks and Rec? Which one? Parks and Rec. Yeah. Park- do you remember that episode where uh, uh, Leslie's gonna? It's the voting day for a city council between her and fucking Paul Rudd's uh, character, and they're they're bringing up like, oh, like you know, the opposition putting in these, these voting machines, or if you vote for Bobby Newport, you get you know your vote goes through and you get a certificate for a candy bar. 
But if you vote for uh, a, um, Leslie Nope, it's just like, are you sure? You try voting for her again. Like, oh, are you really sure? And then it's just like, oh, that's a bad decision. Why don't you come back and try again? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, Raw was a show, as I said. Yeah, uh, the whole plexiglass, the whole, basically the elimination chamber that wasn't inside the chamber, but outside in the audience. Yeah. It was stupid. Oh my god. Raw Ra was stupid. Um, Tommaso Ciampa also doesn't agree with the NXT wrestlers being there in attendance. He feels, you know, if you're going to have anybody there, just have it be the performance center trainees. Which I agree with. Yeah. Because it, it makes NXT look like an inferior brand. Yeah, it does. You have people that haven't been on TV yet just be out there. Because like I I I hear Shanti I hear Shanti Blackheart was like one of the most like the most entertaining of the audience but yeah. like again like it's it's almost like what AEW is doing like not everybody that's being like almost like their audience is filled with people that aren't really being used right now yeah and that's what you should do for AEW I mean for WWE because you know you don't want to have people that are consistently on storylines just be cheering with everybody else for all the other storylines and it also. It also hurts some of the talent because when you have heels in the crowd that are cheering for faces, yeah, it really because you know WWE is very by the script. Like you, no. would, think, you would think they keep kayfabe alive more than yeah. anybody because at least even WEW has a whole heel side face side. Yeah, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the plexiglass was just fucking stupid. I get it, but yeah, it's still stupid. By, by the end of the show, half of the people that were in the crowd were in the ring trying to separate two wrestlers. Also, I want to make note that apparently they didn't test them. They gave them temperature checks. Yeah. AEW's been doing both. Yeah. For everybody that's there, and even in that podcast that they did on AEW Unrestricted, Tony Khan met, like, you know, made it a point to say that these people have been isolated you know, they were gone. They were away from, you know, their homes and their families for weeks just so that way they'd be, you know, they can make sure that everybody's okay, that nobody coming in or out has been interacting with anybody that might be sick. Yep. So they don't get the entire, everybody that's at the, in the roster or doing the taping sick. You know, you can only do so much with temperature checks because temperature checks really show nothing right now. It, especially if you're asymptomatic, it doesn't mean shit for temperature check. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you think WWE would learn that by now, considering they've already had, you know, a confirmed case of coronavirus at the Performance Center? Mm-hmm. Uh, did, you that, did you notice that they, they mentioned Roman Reigns for his birthday, but nothing else? What was it? They mentioned Roman Reigns for his birthday, but nothing else? Yeah, that's it. <coughs> oh, sorry. See ya. So, apparently... Uh, Samoa Joe is going to permanently replace Jerry Lauer from commentary. I heard that they don't want him to go to commentary full-time just yet. They see a lot of value in him as a wrestler. But that's just a rumor. Um, so Meltzer kind of, this is what Meltzer said. Regarding Samoa Joe, he's not cleared to return. However, he's also not considered a, the permanent replacement for Lauer as an announcer. 
He's not clear to return, but he's not not clear to return either. Yes. But that means if slash when he's cleared, that he may have a a role when he announces and they can shoot angles from using the rest while your fucking background just completely... Sorry about that. That caught me off guard. I know. I turned it off. They can shoot angles with to attempt to wrestle since those kind of angles usually do well. Things could also change later on. There are depths to the issue that Phil need to have him as a full-time wrestler or he could mix the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I love him on commentary. He's probably one of the one of the best commentators in my personal opinion. You know who was actually kind of fun now that I went back and watched it? and I think he got fired, right? Pat McAfee? Yeah, Pat McAfee was fantastic. I watched um, that um, that SmackDown when NXT invaded. Yeah, and he was so energetic, and he was like legitimately excited. Like the part that got me was when NXT. Uh, what I mean when uh, it was Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole, and Adam Cole made his entrance, and he hit, did the whole Adam Cole baby in the ring. Yeah. Fucking Pat McAfee stood up and did the thing too, except for yelling. <laughs> and like it's funny because they were they took it, they they showed a shot of Triple H and Shawn Michaels, and like right behind him in the corner was Pat McAfee standing up with his you know hands like this, and I was just like, oh, he would have gotten in so much trouble if Vince was there. If anybody else was there but Hunter, like he would have gotten in so much trouble for doing that. And you know what? Like I thought he's it was at first I didn't didn't know how to feel about him, but like after watching like some of that shit, like he was so entertaining. It was a breath of fresh air. I fucking love him. I love I love him. I fucking love him. Like it feels like he he almost got so I wanna say it was either WrestleMania last year. It was WrestleMania because he was he was wearing shorts. Yeah. I thought it was Kevin Smith. Yeah, he almost got fired, like, right then and there. But they're like, that's his gimmick. That's his yeah. thing. That's what he does. And so, he, yeah, he he's not officially – he's not signed with WWE. He does just analyst work, like, for them. Yeah. And But when he's there, like, when he's there doing all the analyst work, like, it's fucking fantastic. I think he should, honestly I, – I understand, you know, the, always the big dream is WWE, but he should consider doing going somewhere else. I don't care. It doesn't have to be AEW. It could even be um, – it could be the NWA. It could be ROH, especially ROH. Imagine him in ROH. But, like, the thing about their commentary is that, like, everybody feels like such a company man. Nobody feels like an actual fan. Like, everybody just feels like they're so – I mean, they're obviously really scripted and obviously really produced, but it doesn't feel genuine. You know, uh, last time, I'm not sure it's this show or the show before, but, you know, Excalibur, who is a founder of PWG, who used to be a wrestler, and, you know, he is very passionate about the business. He's passionate about the business and that he's always in his research. He names moves for the wrestlers, and he's just so knowledgeable on everything, you know, and then you pair him with JR and Tony Schiavone, who are not only professionals, but are, you know, have been wrestling fans for years and years, years and years it you know it just makes it better or it doesn't feel like that for byron saxon and them like i'm sure they're fans i'm sure they love the sport but it doesn't feel it just feels disingenuous can we pause real quick yeah let me pause this there we go yeah oh sorry about that brief break actually they will never, we'll never yeah. notice because i'll edit this out 
It's gonna look at you looking behind the scenes here. You messed it up. <laughs> what edit shows? We didn't do that. It's all a stream of consciousness. We don't take time to look up things and research things and, you know, take breaks. No. Oh. What the fuck is that? We just record straight through and throw it directly on the interweb. Yeah, because you demanded it, I think. I don't know. I don't care who you are. Who the fuck are you? Why in my house? Also, um, uh, Drew Gulak has uh, signed a new deal, apparently. I think once they figured out FTR was going to be on AEW, they were like, well, we should bring him back. Yep. They're like, nope, 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 can't have that happening. But it's apparently a new multi-year deal. Oh, good for him, I guess. Um, and apparently Matt Riddle's being brought up to the main roster for SmackDown. Yes, uh, so, and supposedly that's going to happen soon. Tonight, possibly. Yes. Like it, it's as possible as tonight. Which, I mean, obviously good for him. Yep, 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 yep. Speaking of shows, we did have AEW as well as NXT this past Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, NXT Quick Notes was just... I have issues with the... Uh, Drake Maverick cruiserweight title run thing or chase thing because mm-hmm. it either either a they fired him and you know these are legitimately his last matches, which mm-hmm. is fucking and they're just taking advantage of that press and publicity of it. More than likely. Or b it's a work and he's not really fired. Um. No, I think he was actually fired. I think, yeah, like you said, they're just kind of using what they can uh, from him. Like, they're trying to make it as emotional as they possibly can. Uh, because, I like, obviously, I think they're, I mean, obviously, they're going to break everybody's heart and he's not going to win, but I, yeah. I find it distasteful. Um, that's just me. Um Shotzi Blackheart's apparently the next big thing for NXT, but she lost her first match, or her match this week, mm. in pretty convincing fashion. Um, yeah, I wasn't too too big of a fan of that. Uh, the Matt Riddle though, the Matt Riddle, Timothy Thatcher, cage match, was beautiful. Uh. Yeah, I heard that was actually really, really good. And if this is a, if this is a Matt Riddle send off, then it's, they did it in the best way possible. You know, in an episode that had both Gargano as well as Tommaso Ciampa wrestling in it, I was not. I mean, the, to me, the highlight was the Matt Riddle Timothy Thatcher match. Timothy, look at me, Timothy, 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 Timothy Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, AEW was this week. Uh, this is the post Double or Nothing AEW. Mm-hmm. Five out of five stars for me. Like, they kept the momentum rolling from Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, where do I start? Where do I start with this? We had Joey Janela. 
we had Joey Janela in Private Party versus Matt Hardy in the Young Bucks. One of the cool things I liked about this was, uh, you know, they kind of changed up Matt Hardy's character a bit instead of him being the, you know, the mattress or the broken one or even V1. They brought back, like, you know, the the old, 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 old Matt Hardy of uh, of his. Of the mid-90s. Yeah, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, Hangman Page and Hangman Page and uh, Kenny Omega were kind of just hanging out in their hotel, and like whenever they would go to commercial break, like they would have the split screen where you could see Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega and just uh, Hangman hanging in their hotel room, mm. which was pretty cool. Uh, but more importantly, so. Matt Hardy and the Bucks defeated Private Party and Joey Janela. It looked like uh, one of the, it looked like one of the guys in Private Party. I can't remember his name right now. Um, Mark One. Yeah, Mark One looked like he took a nasty fall, but it also could have been just uh, a work because uh, right after that, because Matt Hardy went, you know, helped took him to the back. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that, we had a uh, Butcher and the Blade attack. The Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. And then you heard a car roaring in the background and kind of rooming around. Mm-hmm. Car pulls up like to Dale Place. Up pops uh, Cass Wheeler and Dax Hardwood. I'm, I'm, I, I, wait. Is it Hardwood or Harwood? Hardwood. Hard. Um, I'm going with of course Hardwood. You, of, of course you want it to be Hardwood. <laughs> Uh, FTR is officially AEW confirmed. They sure are. So they, you know, they went into the ring, they took out Butcher and the Blade, and then it looked like they were going to have a face-off with the Young Bucks, but the Butcher and the Blade, or, uh, the Butcher was going to, was going to, uh, look like he was, went back for more for FTR, and then he got a super kick for his troubles from Um. the Young Bucks, and then... You know, they just, they, they kind of had a little stare down, but like it looked like they were gentlemen with each other. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was really awesome to see. Um, obviously, they kind of threw that swerve of just like, oh, we don't know where we're going or where we want to go just yet. But, I mean, it was pretty obvious once you saw the whole, you know, BT thing, the FTR stuff, like, you know. And apparently, right now... Um, you know, FTR doesn't really necessarily stand for nothing except for what their new shirt says, which is uh, "fuck the rest." Yep. Which is actually it. really, really awesome. Yeah, that was that was that's a great shirt. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And they look they look like a million bucks coming coming into AEW. They do. They 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 brought them in as like you know who knows what they're gonna exactly be right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's great to bring them in right now. It's kind of like not necessarily bad guys, but just tweeners. I mean, they could have you know the John Moxley effects when he came in. It wasn't he wasn't a he wasn't a heel. He wasn't a face. Yeah. So. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Fan fucking fantastic way to start to show out. Uh, Brian Cage had his AEW debut. John Moxley was watching alongside. Uh, I forgot who the jobber was that Cage beat, but 
yeah, Fighter Fest. We have we have Moxley versus Brian Cage. Taz ran a promo saying, you know, beat him if you can't survive if he lets you. Yeah, using his uh, his old uh, catchphrase. His old catchphrase, yeah, which is awesome. It was it was good. I mean, Cage looks fantastic. He looks like a fucking real life action figure. He does. It's 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 fantastic. I really like uh, how they're they're using him right now. Everything about this is kind of smart and just kind of giving him like, I mean, he'll he'll get his own character and his own personality more, but just like leaning on Taz for that is really smart. Yep. Uh, Britt Baker came out in a wheelchair. You know, saying she'll be back by, she'll be back by All Out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she, you know. She had her roles of being a role model, role number three, don't hurt the role model. Mm. She said it's all a conspiracy with it all it's all a conspiracy with Audrey Edwards at the center of it. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Audrey Edwards is one of the senior referees with AEW. Um, she's fantastic. She's if she also does uh AEW unrestricted podcast, she's just she's a delight. Yeah. So, that was, I, I like the idea of incorporating her in that angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we had Mabe Akiroshida versus Christy Janese. And they even, they, so JR and, uh, JR Excalibur and Tony Schiavone put, really put over Christy Janese in terms of, uh, Christy uh, Janes? Yeah. Janes, Janes, yeah. I think it's Chinese or Chinese. Mm. I don't remember. Okay, but yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. So they really kind of put her over. Um, I mean, of course, she the one. She hit that Falcon Arrow, which looked fan fucking tastic. Mm. I should also mention the uh, fucking Jr's rib on Raw. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jr. like had this nice little rib. He's like, you know, we, you know, we have our wrestlers along Reed's side. It's like, I guess it could always be worse. You know, we, we could have a plexiglass. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, he he had a bunch of ribs on WWE throughout the night. He did. He was really smart. It was it was totally funny. And like, you know, they don't they try not to go for too many ribs, but I mean, yeah, that, that was funny because they're finally on that whole. You know, using they, they finally caught up with using the the wrestlers as audiences. Yeah, you know, AEW's been on it for the longest time, and they try to use the whole like, oh well, you know, we we thought we'd use it for, um, you know, we don't want to use the audience or whatever because of social distancing or whatever. But like, you're still having a wrestling match, and you're still like, yeah, claiming yourself in as an essential business. Like, you you can't play the whole higher up card here. You can't even play the holier than thou right now. Um. Yeah, Sheeta, fantastic. I can't wait to see who her next challenger or who her next challenger for the title is. It's probably going to be uh, who? What is the uh, women's rankings right now? Actually, now that I think about it, um, wouldn't now that Rosa be bumped down to number two, right? I think she'd be bumped down to number two. Well, obviously, Hikaru Shida is up at the top. Uh, give me one second. I have it right here. Uh, yeah, n- n- no, actually, this is, this is old. They haven't updated it. Here, I got one from two days ago. 
So as of two days ago, Nyla Rose is number one. Right after that is Chris Statlander. Well, on their actual All Elite Wrestling website, they still have Nyla Rose as champion. Mm. Oh, here we go. Oh, wait, no. And you're looking at the same thing because I'm on my AEW's website. All I see is the men's ranking. What the fuck? I think you're looking at the wrong thing, good sir. More than likely, yeah. Okay, here we go. Yeah. It took me to a really old page for some reason. As of May 27th. Yeah. Nyla Rose is number one. Chris Statlander is number two. Britt Baker, DM, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, is number three. Yeah, Yuka Sakazaki is number four. And Penelope, as you call her, four is number four five. Is number five. And Hikaru Shida is obviously the champion at 10 and one. Uh, for the men's rankings, we have uh, John Moxley and Cody Rhodes as champions right now. I'm sorry, just Cody. Uh, Moxley is 12 and 0. Cody is 10 and 1. Both are cha- uh, champions. John Moxley is obviously the AEW champion. Cody is the A uh, is the TNT champion. We have uh, MGF as number one with 6 and 0. Lance Archer at 5 and 1 as uh, number two. Number three, we have Brody Lee 5 and 1 as well. Number four, Kenny Omega at 4 and 0 in singles competition, and number five, Darby Allen at 6 and 4. Ooh. All right. Yep. Uh, for the tag teams, and we the, have so real quick though, the MJF thing actually kind of plays into an angle that he was into a promo that he said later on the night that, you know, he is the number one, he is the number one ranked man, but yet he's never had a, a title shot. He's been undefeated all through 2019 and 2020 so far. Yep. Uh, for the tag team rankings, we have obviously Omega and Hangman as. Champions, uh, number one ranking, we have the best friends at nine and three in tag team uh, in tag team competition. Number two, we have the Natural Nightmares at four and zero. Oh, wow. With QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes. Number three, Private Party, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy at four and two. Uh, surprisingly, number four at five and zero oh is That's the Dark cool. Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Yeah. And well, they've been. St- and then number five, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson at two and two. So Dark Order, I mean, uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson have been stuck in Canada. That's so true. They, they can't, you know. But how? But still, they're five and zero. Oh, and who did we say Natural Nightmares are four now? How are they? How are the Natural Natural Nightmares? You know, they mentioned two it, places higher. They mentioned it on uh, EW last week that you know, since since you know, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson are unable to compete, that they would drop down a ranking. I think that's dumb. I think I would have I would have been okay with them staying up a ranking, but like obviously they can't compete until they're able to come into the United States. Yeah. Or they haven't really they've only wrestled once in twenty twenty. So yeah. you know, or maybe twice, I don't remember. But I mean you could even say that for that reason. But just saying that just because they, they can't compete they moved down the rankings is a little is a little odd to me. It is a bit odd. Um anyways back to Dynamite. So Tody says that he's going to be competing or defending the TNT title every week. So the winner of the the winner of tonight of uh sorry not tonight. 
the winner of the Battle Royale is going to face him next week, which I think is fantastic. I think that works, especially considering it's more or less a TV title. Uh, we had SCU versus Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc after that, uh, which, again, Sabian and Havoc won over SCU. It wasn't really too surprising. Um, you had you had Penelope Ford kind of distracting SEU from delivering the SEU later. Uh-huh. And uh, that led to Havoc getting the pin. And so it was a good match. And then uh, we had our Battle Royale for the team, for shot the TNT title. Uh, your participants were all of Jurassic Express, so Marcus Stunt, Marcus Stunt, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh-huh. Luther, who we haven't seen in quite some time. Uh, yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, Christopher Daniels, Sonny Kiss, Brandon Cutler, Peter Avalon, Colt Cabana, Billy Gunn, Wardload, and MJF. I think that's pretty... Oh, and Orange Cassidy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, they're starting to... Like, right before the, the Battle Royale, they teased the whole... MJF and Warlow relationships starting to kind of crumble a little bit. Yep. And uh, the, the whole battle royal was actually pretty cool. You had a lot of good people in there. But when it came down to the final four, which was Warlow, MJF, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and Orange, Orange. Cassie, that's where it got a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, MJF and Warlow were trying to take down uh, Orange Cassie and Jungle Boy. But then uh, MJF accidentally hits... Wardlow with his uh, dynamite diamond ring, yep. uh, which gives uh, Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy uh, the ability to eliminate MJF and then Wardlow. So, you yep. know, their relationship isn't meant for very long now. Um, but then you also got to see Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy one on one, which is always in- really interesting because both are very, very skilled. They're very young, very skilled wrestlers. And I think that was great to have them in the last. Uh, in the last two, so that's going to be actually a lot of fun seeing Jungle Boy and Cody go one on one. It was. It, I mean, it really, really was. I, it really, really, really was. I lo- I'm so happy for Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I think he really deserves that opportunity. Um, yeah, it was a great battle royale. What some of the highlights for me was, uh, you had both Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon eliminating each other. Yeah. <laughs> Which plays into their whole BTE thing where, you know, they both suck. And so. Um, And on that, real quick, um, on the most recent episode of BTE, um, and we're going to cover last year's um, Double or Nothing soon. uh, But just like, you know, as a comparison between this year's, and obviously things are very, very different, but, you know, just because we want to do the first year of an AEW pay per view. Brandon Cutler brought up also that it was a one-year anniversary of him being signed to AEW, and he's been boys with Matt and Nick Jackson, so Matt and Nick Jackson wanted to make sure that they got, you know, the people that they felt deserved an opportunity. You know, they wanted to get them signed before everybody else. And he talked about how he, feel that he feels that he's let Nick and Matt Jackson down because they signed him and they believed in him, and now he is 12-0 and in singles competition. Um, 
And so it's that whole arc of like, you know, just Brandon Cutler feeling really depressed but wanting to prove himself even more. And, you know, um, Brandon was on the first uh, first episode of Dynamite, correct? He's the one that faced MJF. So, and, you know, there's little things here and there. Like, obviously, I'm not going to nitpick everything that he does uh, because that's not my job. I'm not a wrestler. But, like, you know, you can tell that the talent is there. He's a lot more athletic than a lot of people can say they've ever been. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, I think he doesn't want the opportunities just because he's friends with the Bucks. Just as much as the Bucks never wanted to put the titles on themselves uh, you know, because they are EVPs, just as much as I'm sure Kenny and Cody didn't want the the title right away because they are EVPs. Like they want to make sure that they earn their uh, their spots and they earn their opportunities and they show that they are capable of being that top person, at whatever at whatever they get. And you know what? That shows a lot of character on their part, and it shows a lot of character in what you know they want this company to be you know, as opposed to WCW 2.0. Yep. Um, so it's going to be really interesting seeing uh, Brandon Cutler get to that point. And he will. He's still young. And he still, you know, he still has a lot to, to do. This isn't ending anytime soon. So I'm excited to see whatever Brandon Cutler does. And watch. I, I, I guarantee you within a year, two years, probably within the next year, Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler are going to win the AEW Tag Team titles. I agree. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. Um, next points are the final thing of the night was Inner Circle had a pep rally. When they opened up the show, they, they uh, started the show with basically, you know, Inner Circle all banged up and damaged. Ortiz can't hear anything. <laughs> Which was, I thought, I thought. I forgot about that. That was hilarious. Because he got his bell rung by fucking Matt Hardy, quite literally. And so uh, Sammy Guevara is like walking around in crutches. And then uh, they had a couple of boxes on the table. And they're like, okay, well, we di- I guess we didn't get damaged too bad with all these stadium stampede winners, champion shirts. And then uh, Ortiz is like, well, he's like, you know, I got a really good deal on the shirt. So I got a, I got, I got a deal from Loquito over there on the, on, on the corner. He just, and he opens up a truck and there's a, those fucking boxes of boxes of the stadium and B shirts with them as champions. Yeah, it was fucking hilarious. So if you want one of those shirts, they are on PWGs right now for a limited time for $13. Are, are you for real? Yeah. Oh, dude, you haven't seen it? I have not seen it. That's like one of the highest selling shirts right now, too. Oh, my God, I need to get it. They're literally half-price shirts. You need to get it. I need to fucking get it, damn it. Uh, okay, so, yeah. Stadium, so Inner Circle kind of made the way to the ring. Um, Vicky Guerrero introduced the men. Because, of course, Vicky Guerrero is an Inner Circle fan. Of course she would be. And then uh, they were, you know, throwing out Stadium Stampede shirts to all, everybody who was there. And there's just, you know, and then Santana and Ortiz gift everybody a real, like, a New York. Yeah. Order gifts and stuff like that. Chopped so cheese. like they gave him some chopped cheese. And- yeah, chopped cheese. Somebody got oh, Sammy Guevara got Vicks. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, Jake Hager read, read a poem. <laughs> Where and he then, talks about murdering people. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Sammy Guevara was gonna cheer Jericho up by offering some. Uh, some a, a, a little, little bit, bit of the bubbly. bubbly. But then uh, when he tried to present said bubbly and cheese, uh, it was not there. 
And Jericho got pissed. And he's like, who ate the cheese? Who ate my cheese? Who ate my cheese? And out comes Iron Mike Tyson. Iron Mike Tyson with a posse, which included UFC star Henry Trejo, mm-hmm. um, some other MMA fighters as well. I can't remember everyone's name that was there. But like they're all shoot fighters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had a standoff against... They had to stand up against Inner Circle. And it just fucking brawled out. Yeah, it brawled out. Uh, Jericho called him out for knocking him out in 2010? 2009? Yeah, 2010. 10, 2010, January 9th of 2010. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously Mike Tyson is not done with T- with AEW just yet. Something's going to happen. He's going to knock somebody out soon, which is going to be either Jericho again or it might be Guevara. Um. Calling it right now, Jericho versus Tyson at All Out. It's going to be something. It's going to be fucking crazy. Hopefully by then they'll have fans, but who knows. Um, yeah, overall, what would you, would you rate this Dynamite? Again, five star. Five fucking five, star. Five, five star Dynamite. I might watch NXT just, you know, just in case um, before my subscription is up. But... Um, yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be a lot of fun with FTR with Mike Tyson, um, with Jack Perry versus Jungle Boy with versus Cody next week. This is gonna yep. be uh, even more fun on the AEW side of things. They, I mean, again, they, they AEW is a company that kind of just gives and gives and gives to its fans. Yeah, is that your dog? Yes, it is. Someone's at the door, I think. Uh oh, is that your pizza? No. Oh, it's a package. Oh. Do, do you want uh, me to pause yeah. real quick? No, I mean, let's end it. Go ahead. All right. Um, I guess we could end this now then. So, yeah. you can oh. find us all on Twitter. Of course, can't hear us through this dog. Sorry. But where can they find you on Twitter? I'm Fury and I, F-U-R-Y-N-I on Twitter. Yep, that's Fury and I. Um, and you can find me, E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O. That's El Dambrujo on Twitter as well as Instagram. Pretty much any social media platform. And you could also follow us on our on our uh, Natural Disaster Twitter as well. Sorry, I'm just texting at the same time while I'm reading things. It is a TNDW podcast on Twitter. Correct. Um, and with that, you know, this has been the natural disaster and well, that was a disaster. (laughs) Take care, fuckers. Later.